This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Hadas Kuznets with folks from the Pennsylvania Horticultural Society. We have Julianne Schrader-Ortega, who's Vice President and Chief of Programs, and also Nicole Jude-Rhodes, who's Director of Engagement. So uh, there's a lot going on with the Pennsylvania Horticultural Society. Right now it is peak summer harvest season and farmer's market season. So, Julianne, why don't you start us off by telling us what's coming up and where we can get it in, in like a cheap way. Sure. Um, there are over 400 community gardens across the city, and everybody right now is harvesting delicious tomatoes and cucumbers, herbs, um, all sorts of great things, peppers and um, you can get them at your local farmer's markets. Also, community gardeners that are working with PHS through our City Harvest program are dedicated to growing and sharing harvests with people who need it. So they set up low-cost farm stands or donate it to food cupboards and soup kitchens. Um, where can we get information about those? Or where can we donate also? What if you're a gardener and you want to donate your extra yeah, stuff? Yeah, just come to our website, I think, is the best way. It's phsonline.org, and we can you can look up information about City Harvest programs, and you can also become a friend of the gardens, which is our way of helping people to pledge support for community gardeners, whether as a donor or an advocate or a volunteer to get gardening. So people talk about gardening, and they think, you know, especially if you're like a young person, and you're like, oh, how do I garden myself? I don't have a lot of space. But this idea of community gardens, some people... Like, even though we talk about it all the time, some people don't realize, oh, you can actually join a community yes. garden. So tell us about that. Yeah, sure. We we actually plopped a farm down right in Center City to make it easy for people to learn more about the benefits of community gardening and also answer any questions about whether how to get started or join in workshops. So we have programs happening all summer long throughout um, September, too. Um, introduction to gardening and also connecting with different gardeners. And there's a whole farm team there that can answer any question about how to get started. I think if you want to get started, you can just, you know, start growing something on your windowsill. Even if you just have a front stoop or small back patio, you can grow tomato in a container. Um, and once you start, it's hard to stop. Because? Because then you start eating fresh, sun-ripened tomatoes harvested with love, and they're irresistible. What's the taste like? Uh, what's the difference in taste between your own homegrown vegetables and the stuff that you buy at the supermarket? And why is it so different? Well, I think it's that you get to harvest it at, really at its peak, and the and the and the vegetables get to live on the plants until it's peak harvest. So a lot of times, when things are transported a long way, um, they ripen in root instead of on the plant and in the sun. So there's a lot of difference um, when you're harvesting and eating food right from the garden. Yeah, uh, such a difference. Such a difference. Um, and you notice a difference also when fruits and vegetables come for, like a little more locally? Definitely, yeah. I think at the farmer's markets, things taste so great too. Because that's local, like local, Usually super harvested local. the day morning of. The farmers wake up super early and harvest and come down to the markets or the night before or whatever. So um, it's a great way to experience the wonders of the seasonal fruits and vegetables if you can't garden it by yourself. But we really want everybody to get gardening as well. 
And there, there's farmer's markets all over the city. There are. And the Food Trust has great resources for people to check out where the farmer's markets are across the city. Now, Nicole, there are some studies that have shown that gardening improves your mental health. There are some interesting studies. There's not as much research into the benefits of community gardening as there are into some other public health measures. But the research that's been done recently is actually pretty compelling. So one study looked at the amount of fruits and vegetables that people are eating. And as you probably know, most of us are not eating five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Only 25% of typical people are. People who are gardening at home were eating more. They were eating like in the 35%, so getting closer. But it was people who were community gardening that were eating way more. So they were eating, 56% of them were eating that those five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. And what the researchers um, surmised is that there's peer pressure healthy peer pressure, that also gardening is such a social activity. And so in the way that experienced gardeners will just naturally teach beginner gardens, how, gardeners how to get going, they also are trading recipes, they're introducing each other to different kinds of food. And there have been some great studies, too, with kids gardening and showing that their resistance to eating unfamiliar fresh food is a lot lower if they have been around people who are gardening. So if they pull it out of the ground themselves, then it's interesting to eat it. Yeah, they're not disgusted. Yeah, (laughs) they want to take a bite. They're like, this is cool. Um, That is so interesting. So just the act of gardening makes you eat more more vegetables. Yeah, it's surprising because you'd think that if it's in your backyard, it's closer. It's a little bit more convenient, but it was the people who were gardening with other people that they had better eating habits. So even if you're walking a block or two to go to your community garden. Yeah. Isn't that surprising? That is surprising. That's, that's interesting. And so, it's a great benefit. So it's, that's your physical health, mm-hmm. but there, there, then there's also your mental health. There is a connection between gardening and mental health, which I think is why I do it probably. But um, the, uh, So they, in one study, they asked people who reported some degree of feeling stressed out, two groups, read a book for 30 minutes, or go be in a garden for 30 minutes and actively garden. And both groups reported decrease in stress, which is great, but the gardeners reported a greater decrease in stress, and it lasted a lot longer than people who just stopped and read a book for 30 minutes. And reading is great, but there is something about gardening that maybe we don't even quite know exactly what it is that creates a sense of well-being among people. Just being outside, getting your hands in the dirt. That's interesting. I think so. So, and anecdotally, you can tell me you probably feel good when you garden. I do. I mean, that's why I do it. I've been gardening for 20 years, and it's what I do to chill out, you know? I can see your face light up when you talk about gardening. I'm really into it. Um, And then you were telling me that the Pennsylvania Horticultural Society has these land care sites. And yeah. there's a local study that talks so about So this is a study that just came out, which we're really excited to be able to share with people. So if you live in the city of Philadelphia or travel through it, you might notice these vacant lot parcels that have a nice little low picket fence around them with openings for people to go in and out. The grass is mowed. There's trees. In some cases, there's picnic tables. 
and the trash is cleaned up. And that's a program that PHS does in partnership with the city, and it's called Landcare, and we take care of these lots every two years. So a study from the University of Pennsylvania, they interviewed people that were in neighborhoods um, before these vacant parcels, which, as you know, can be very unattractive and dangerous and not healthy. So before these parcels were cleaned and greened and then after, and they also compared people who lived in neighborhoods where the lots hadn't been cleaned and those that had, people who lived within a quarter mile of a cleaned and greened parcel reported 40% lower rate of depression. And that lasted for 18 months. When the researchers came back 18 months later, people still were significantly less depressed than the people that were not living in proximity to one of these cleaned and greened lots. So that's pretty astounding because this is also one of the least costly interventions from a public health perspective that you could dream of. It costs about $1,600 to clean and green a lot and about $180 a year to maintain it. And if you think about that cost and how many people are benefiting who otherwise would have medical issues, it's pretty obvious that this is a really important thing. That's amazing. That's amazing. So they just clean up the lots, empty lots. You wouldn't think it would be so simple, and then sometimes it is. Do some people then set up gardens in the lots? Are they not allowed to? No, they they do. Sometimes they set up gardens in the lots. And it's a whole job training um, program, too, and it gives – a lot of opportunities to local businesses to um, bid on contracts and grow and expand their businesses too. So it's a really win-win program. How much does it cost to grow your own food? I mean, you know, nothing almost, right? It can be as simple as a pack of seeds, but in other cases it can be, you can, you can invest in capital things like a greenhouse and, but it is, it is very little in terms of the outlay of expense. If you're measuring your time, that's of course is something different. How much time do you have to put into it? A lot of time? Mm, I think it just depends on how much you're growing. And how much you're into it, I yeah. guess. Yeah. yeah, and I think that you know there are all these community gardens across the city, and there's a lot of sweat equity that's turning these formerly vacant spaces into beautiful neighborhood assets. And while it, seeds are cheap, it's still there are some other things that do need investments. And I feel like the network of community gardens is like part of our city's infrastructure, it's like our park system, but it's not really recognized as that. So it's this great green open space that has huge impacts on health and um, your well-being and your connection to neighbors and your access to food. But it's really underfunded and undersupported across the city. So I think, you know, trying to gather more people and get more people excited about being advocates for community gardens is really important right now. How many community gardens do we have across Philadelphia? Do you know? Over 400. That's great. That's a lot of gardeners. It's a lot of gardeners. And there's more and more pressure on the gardens for land, especially as our city's um, pressure for, in- for development keeps increasing. There's more pressure on land tenure for gardeners. So there's, there are real challenges to community gardening now. And, if, you know, Philadelphia has such a rich history there's, of gar- gardening in the city. And we want to make sure that these gardeners who have really been investing a lot of their time and love and efforts into harvesting and tending spaces continue to have opportunities to do so in the future. I guess it can be very political. The gardeners take over maybe a what used to be a dilapidated right. lot, and then the city says, wow, this looks good. Let's take it. Has that maybe happened? Maybe it's not the city. You know, there's all sorts of different pressure um, on development in the city. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you, how do you deal with that? 
We have a lot of partners in the city that are doing a lot of work to help gardeners um, with land access. PHS's affiliate partner is the Neighborhood Gardens Trust, and they're Philadelphia's land trust. So they work with the gardeners and the land holding agencies to try to figure out ways to make sure the gardens and gardeners can continue to tend the spaces and the land can be preserved through the land trust. But there are other groups working on it, too. How much food is produced? I don't have that stat exactly. but um, I know that a lot of the, the abundance goes... To programs to feed people that don't have it. Yeah, and some of the gardeners themselves are sharing it with their families or their neighbors who might not have access. Um, we, What we're doing at Farm for the City across from um, City Hall on Thomas Payne Plaza, we're hoping to grow 1,000 pounds of produce this summer. And it's a small farm is art, like container farm funded um, through Pew Center for Arts and Heritage. And we're partnered with Broad Street Ministry for their hospitality collaborative because they serve meals to anyone who wants them five days a week. And so we're hoping to harvest 1,000 pounds. I think we're already up to 650 with the farm team there. Um, We still have a few more months to go. So I think it varies, you know, depending on the season and the garden size. That's good. That's a lot. I was there when you first um, announced it. And I feel like maybe we don't realize exactly how much produce comes from a plant. Yeah. Exactly. And depending on the plant. And some gardeners turn it into kind of a competitive sport where they see how much they can grow and donate. And I talked to someone who last year donated a thousand pounds that she grew to a food bank near her house. That's amazing. I know. And we have a lot of workshops for people who want to do high production organic agriculture in the city. Um, offered via PHS. So if you go to our website, PHS Online, you can learn more about workshops on how to actually have as much har- have as much harvest as possible in the urban setting. Wow. So what's, so you said tomatoes are the big thing right now. Well, that's my Peak favorite. Season. Tomatoes, cucumbers, lots of peppers. I've been enjoying my shishitas. <laughs> Good eggplant season. Mm-hmm. All these sort of hot weather. The leafy things right now are in some cases not looking their best, but... Um, any of those big ripening crops, corn, it's good corn season. Corn's a little bit hard to grow in the city for a lot of us because of critters, but um, at least in my garden. But um, yeah, this is when this is when it's really good to think about freezing food and canning food and saving it. This it's is so it. nice to enjoy the summer like taste in the middle of the winter if you you know freeze some basil pesto and then you get to have some a taste of summer in December. Do you do that a lot? Yeah. And as a gardener, you probably want to save your, I'm going to save it right now. I like to eat it while I have it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any easy tips for uh, people that are beginners? I think soil is really important. So making sure that you're growing in really rich soil with a good compost mix helps to have really happy plants. Does Um, compost mean poop? Not necessarily. (laughs) We like this mushroom compost um, that we share with the community gardeners that are supported with by PHS's City Harvest Program. Um, And I notice a big difference in my little garden when I use nice compost mixed in with the soil. I think taking care and paying attention to your plants is really important. So um, making sure to pay attention to see if you see any pests and getting them early I think is really important to help with the survival of your plants and making sure they're nice and happy. Watering <laughs> is always key. <laughs> and I would say finding a friend who knows how to garden. People are so generous that are gardeners, and they will teach you. They'll share seeds. They'll show you how it's done. They'll give you tips. The really good gardeners that I know were taught by other great gardeners. I'm sensing a theme here, like don't underestimate the peer pressure of gardening. <laughs> That's right. It's true. You ready to get going? 
<laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to do it. Yes. Now, my whole thing is I, I don't feel like I have a lot of space. Can you address that? I mean, do I need a lot of space? No. You don't need a lot of space. You should go check out Farm for the City and you could see how much is growing just on Thomas Paine Plaza with the game pieces um, in small spaces or visit some of your local community gardens and check out what they're growing. So what, do you, what, are, your basic, what are the basic things that you need in order to grow a couple of things? Sunshine. You really cannot grow vegetables in the shade. Um, so you have to have sun. You have to have soil that you know doesn't have any contaminants in it. You know, if it's right next to a house an older house, there could be lead in the soil. So that is important to get your soil tested. But if you have sunshine and decent soil, like Julianne was saying, you can just get started. Buy a couple packs of seeds, see what happens. Or cut your own seeds, cut your own, put your own tomatoes in there, cut them in half, right? You put your, can you do that? Uh, it's not so easy. <laughs> they have a, that little slimy skin on the outside of each tomato seed. You know that little gelatinous. Yeah. That, so you have to soak it off and then dry the seed. And oh, right. there are a lot of like like gardening. There are also a lot of people in Philly that are seed saving and seed sharing. So you can check that out too. Interesting. My husband did that once. He like cut the tomato in mm-hmm. quarters and just buried it, and he got some stuff. Work? Yeah, it worked. Well, I have tomatoes. Just in my garden that just the seed must have been around in the soil and didn't freeze over the winter. But people who are doing it seriously soak the goo off and then dry the... There's like a whole thing to it. There is a whole thing. There's a way you can get like the maximum potential from your plants. Awesome. Um, What a great time. So anything else you want to tell me about these studies? I find this fascinating that gardening helps your physical and your mental health. It really does. And um, I mean, there are certainly demonstrable links between gardening and people feeling less socially isolated, being more active in their community in other ways. There are also some really some interesting research about um, people who are new arrivals in a community, whether it's like transplanting from another city or another state or another country and maybe having um, language barrier issues, that community gardening is one of the quickest way to sort of get people feeling like they are a part of a community. So in that sense, it's the everything about the food is a little bit secondary for this, you know, when you're thinking of it in terms of the community part, you know. So it's there's the garden part, but there's the community part that seems to be a powerful catalyst in a lot of different ways that we're still beginning to measure now. That's food, though. Food really does create community. Yeah, do you find that? I do, all the time. Holidays and special meals Mm -hmm. and, you know, special restaurants that, you know, people coming from all different countries. I I definitely see that, yeah. So one of the things that we do with community gardens that are in neighborhoods where there are a lot of people who are immigrants from other countries is try to connect them with seeds of the plants that they would be familiar with and would have grown in the country where they grew up gardening. And that's just one way to kind of create that connection. And then they can introduce that those crops to the other gardeners. And so it kind of becomes this cross-cultural thing, which is really great. What are some unusual crops that we might not know about? Well, at Farm for the City, there are some interesting crops that I had never seen before. Something called roselle, which is this um, very uh, beautiful green. I've wanted to grow it in my flower garden. It was really pretty. 
Um, and then there was that, other, what's that other plant that's in the hibiscus family? Callaloo? Callaloo. So, yeah, this plant that it looks like this beautiful hibiscus flower and you eat the leaves. And, um, you know, so two plants that just walking through there and I've been gardening my whole life. I had never seen. I wouldn't really quite know how to cook them yet, but, you know, it's you they're beautiful. You can ask a gardener. Yeah. <laughs> ask a gardener. So you can ask a gardener at PHS, at Farm to the City, and anywhere? Yeah. Your local community gardening. Yeah. Garden. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Thank you for the opportunity to talk about this today. <laughs> Thanks for inviting us on the show. What do you want to, people to get out of this if they're listening? What do you want them to get out of this the most? I would like people just to know that not every city has as many community gardens as Philadelphia does. We're lucky to have as many gardens. And if you imagine them gone, we I think we'd all feel like something was missing. And we do need to, in many cases, these are gardens that do need support from, from all of us if you, we want them to still stick around. Do you feel like as Philadelphians, we just kind of take it for granted? I do. Yeah. Like all I think, cities are like that? Right. You don't realize that it's special until it's gone, you know? And so we just wouldn't want that to happen with community gardens because they create a benefit for the people that are gardening, but just for whole neighborhoods. I mean, a, guard, a neighborhood with a great community garden in, in it it just, it is a nice place to live. Julianne Schrader Ortega and Nicole Jude Rhodes are both with the Pennsylvania Horticultural Society. Thank you for stopping by. If anybody wants more information about PHS, where can they go? phsonline.org. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks, Hadass. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.